One of the, one of the struggles I, I, I hurt for people with is how many people who say, I'm a Christian, and their whole life seems to be under. Their whole life just seems to be a struggle and a problem and oh my goodness and what am I going to do? And, 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 and what we just sang about is the fact that Jesus Christ did not come just to kind of save you so you could go to church, okay? I love church sometimes, but the bottom line is Jesus Christ came, lived, died, rose again to set you free to be the man or woman you were created to be, and he did make you one. Not so you could choose every morning. Okay, that was a joke. That was a joke. I know I'm not politically correct. That's okay. But the bottom line is, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. You don't have to live under. You don't have to live your life wondering whether you're going to make it. You don't have to live your, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. Do you know how many people, one of my favorite ministries is to, is to deal with and love and pray for people who are dying. You say, well, that's crazy. Oh, no, 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 no. When you get it right, going out of this world into the next is awesome. It's powerful. You know, well, that's about the worst it could be. Well, if that's the worst it could be, cool. Huh? It's coming for me. I knew they'd come for me one day. But the bottom line is I want you to get this. Your life can be set free. Your home can be set free. Your mind can be set free. Your emotions can be set free. Your, your, your professional life can be set free. Your financial life can be set free. Somebody please say amen. Because I'll just keep going. We'll be here all day. Just scared everybody. But you got to hear this. This is so important because there's too many people who claim Christ and have no power. They claim Christ and they're just so negative. They claim Christ and nothing's right in anybody else's life. They claim Christ and they got 475,000 excuses for why life is terrible and everybody's terrible and oh my goodness. And here's, here's my counseling for you. Stop! Stop! Stop saying that. Stop with the excuses. We've got this excuse thing down, baby. I mean, we just, oh, man, well, the reason I'm this is because of this. The reason I do this is because, you know, the reason I do this is my mama whooped me. Well, I got major problems because my mama whooped me a lot. You know, I want you to hear this. I want you to understand. We weren't created to have a bunch of negative excuses. We were created to absolutely take the power of God and get on top of this stuff, man. Get on top. The reason our country and the world is in the terrible condition it is is not because of the world and, and our country or even Washington. Cuckoo. But the bottom line is, the reason it is, is because we're not taking the power of God and living it out. We're supposed to be the leaders, not Washington. Thank the Lord. Amen. 
We're supposed to be the leaders in our neighborhood. We're supposed to be the leaders in our jobs. We're supposed to be the ones. We're supposed to be saying, you know what? I don't know how, but God's going to absolutely get me out of this mess and get me on top of this. And we've got to get this, guys. There's too many of us who call ourselves Christians, and we still live under. We still live under. And I understand that for a period. I really do. It's tough. Some circumstances, some things, it just, it's just a constant barrage. But the bottom line is there's got to come a time where you make a decision by the grace of God to get on top. And this is so important, so important, so important. One thing I need to talk about. Do y'all see a pattern? My son preaches a sermon. Then my wife gets up and preaches a sermon. Then my son preaches another sermon. And they leave me two minutes to preach a two-hour sermon. Now, we've got to have a meeting with the Lettermans this week and figure out who's preaching next week. You know? I want to tell you, the attack has been great this week at the school and in so many people's lives. But let me let you know a secret. God's winning. God's already won the war. Did you hear what I just said? God's already won the war. I'll say it again because most of you missed it. God's already won the war. Okay? The works of the devil have been destroyed. He's still active and he's still doing his thing, but the bottom line is the war has been won, all right? The question is, will you take that that power of the war being won and put it into your everyday real lives and allow him to win there? Very, very, very important. But man, we just got stuff going on. Man, we had a, man, what's that, 140 to 160 people here Friday night. We ate, man, we had 600 McNuggets. 600 McDonald's. You're going to love this. I go over to one McDonald's because I went to two. And I, I went to one McDonald's and I ordered 400 McNuggets there. And I'm standing there. And this little girl didn't know I stand there. And she said, what idiot ordered 400 McNuggets? I went, me. This poor little girl, <laughs> she knew she was fired and never getting a job again, man. You know, but no, I didn't, I, I just, I thought it was funny, you know, I, I thought it was funny, but man, God's doing great work, we're getting stuff done in the office, we're getting stuff done all over the place, God's doing a great work, I appreciate God, Johnny did a lot of work in the kitchen, and, and, and this Tuesday, we're getting a new, brand new oven, and, and griddle, and all that kind of stuff, there's great things happening, guys, it's, it's really, really, really neat, neat, neat things happening. In the next couple of weeks, I haven't told Drew yet, but if Drew doesn't mind, I'm going to call all the children up, and I'm going to explain to them the gospel of Jesus Christ, why Jesus got here, why he came, what he was about, what, what were all the dynamics of his life, and, and do it on their level, and y'all can listen, okay? Because I want them, I want us to understand what is this gospel thing? Everybody talks about, oh, the gospel, oh, the gospel. And, and 99% say, well, what actually is the gospel? We're going to talk about that next week, okay? Then the next week, I'm going to talk about what do you want to, ha- want to happen in, ni- in 2020? Guys, we have got to go into life and we have got to go into this new year with a new position, a new focus, We've got to decide, you know what? I'm going to take this power. I'm going to take this word. I'm going to take this wisdom. And I'm going to make my life great no matter what happens to me. 
okay? And then the first Sunday of the year, uh, uh, JC and Drew are going to talk about some dynamics that, that will be happening. And I want you all to take out your phone. Everybody take out your phone just for a second. Everybody but you. And mark on it January 12th. Folks, we need help. We need people to step up with the children. We need people to step up with the youth. We need people to step up and help us with the different dynamics. On that day, we're going to talk about how you can get involved right after church, January 12th. Okay, yes, sir. Somebody beat him. But, but hear what I'm saying. We need help. We need people to just step up. We're not asking you to preach or sing or anything like that, unless you want to. We, we, we just need help with the children. We have so, do you ever try to teach two-year-olds and five-year-olds at the same time? I got two grandchildren. I got Brom, who's ready for Harvard. And then I've got my youngest grandchild, Elijah. And he's just ready to destroy the world. All right? And so we need help just, we don't need you to teach right now, maybe, but just step in there and everything, and, and, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to get the gospel to, into those people. But January 12th, if you could stay after and just find out what's going on and how you can help. Amen? 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 We just need everybody's help we can possibly get. Today, we're in the book of Daniel, okay? And, and the thing you have to understand is God already knew that Daniel, Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, he, they gave them other names, but I'm not smart enough to remember them. So we'll just stick to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is that okay? All right. But you've got to understand, God absolutely had them in a place and had them in captivity and had a plan for them, even though their lives, man, they ran up against challenges. But you got to understand, God placed them there. God knew the challenges that they were going to have. Everybody just hear what I said? God already knew the challenges that these four men were going to face. You see, sometimes I, I think we, we have things come into our lives and we go, whew, what am I going to do? Well, why are you dependent on yourself? When God already knew what was going to happen, and God already had a plan to fix it. Here's the other thing you've got to understand. You've got to get. Without hardship and struggles and trials and attack, for some reason, we human beings never grow. We never grow in good times. In good times, we just party. Right? You know, it's great. God is good. God is good. You know. It's not until those difficulties come, those hardships come, those tragedies come, those difficulties come, then all of a sudden we're on our knees. Oh, God help. You know what I'm saying? It, it, for some reason, we human beings in the good times, we're just kind of cuckoo. We just kind of forget who's in charge, but then all of a sudden when the struggles come, all of a sudden we're like, oh, God, help me, you know, and, and that's very important to understand. Romans chapter 5, if you want to write it down, and James chapter 1 says the same thing, guys. Are you listening? Amen. Count it all joy when you encounter all the trials of life. 
kind of joy. Now, people look at me when I say that, and I just, I, 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 they're like, you've lost your mind. I don't like trials. I don't like heartaches. I don't like attacks. I don't like temptation. I just want everything to be good. Well, get real. In this world, that ain't happening. So you got a choice. When those things come, those things come at you, you could do one of two things. You could cry like a big fat baby, or you could say, you know what? God was in this. God knew this was coming. God's got a plan. God's got the power. God's got the wisdom. And the bottom line is, this thing is not going to whoop me. I'm going to whoop it by the power of Jesus Christ. We really do. And you've really got to prepare for that before it comes. I'm sorry, you cannot prepare for a tornado in the middle of a tornado. Try it. You understand what I'm saying? You need to prepare now. Because like it or not, probably in 2020, something bad's going to happen to you. Thank you, Pastor. This is real positive. But the reality is, it's true, isn't it? Something's going to come at you. You're going to get a bill. Like a couple years ago when I got a $16,000 bill from the IRS. I was like, Ryro, you know, something's going to come at you and you're going to go, what do I do? What do I do now? Hear what I'm saying. God knew that was coming. He's already got a plan. He's already got the wisdom. He's already got the power. He's got everything you need unless you decide, you know what, I'm going to deal with this myself and then I'll come back. Then you're on your own. And sadly, you need to hear what I'm saying. I don't say this facetiously or harshly. Most of us, when those things come, we take over and we deal with it ourselves. Okay? We really do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel were all in what we call Babylonian captivity. And the, the, the um, emperor at that time in Babylon decided, you know what, what I'm going to do, I've got these guys here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some young men from this cap- captive group, and I- I'm going I'm to invest in them, and then they can serve me in a very, very special way. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. You understand, too often, that's kind of the way we look at life. We, that's who we want to be. We don't want any problems. We want to be that person. And the bottom line is, none of us are that person all the time. You understand what I'm saying? None of us. You know, and too often, we're like, that's how we want life. We want life perfect. We want life wonderful. We want life without a defect. We want life without struggle. We want life without temptation. We want life without problems. We want life without bills. The reality is, that never comes here. Now, one of these days, good smile. One of these days, we're going to be out of here. And you know what? In heaven, it's all going to be perfect. It's all going to be okay. Amen? It's all going to be wonderful. We're all going to sit under the tasty cake trees, and even we that are diabetic are going to eat all day. You know, just crumpets. Crimpets, whatever you call them. You know, uh, what, what are them chocolate peanut butter cake ones? Tanny, oh yeah, tanny cakes, oh yeah. 
you know, and they're kind with the, with the white in the middle and everything. I'm just going to sit up there and I, all day. People going to come and talk to me. I'm going to say, don't bother me, I'm eating. But the bottom line is, one of these days, that's going to be. And we can look forward to that. And we'll talk more about that in 2020. But the bottom line is, in this world, we're going to have problems. We're going to have struggles. We're going to have difficulties. And the bottom line is, life isn't ever actually going to be consistently perfect like these folks were looking for. Does that make sense to y'all? Are you prepared for that? Or are you kind of sitting around hoping and wishing that those things never come? And the reality is, they're gonna. People are gonna get sick. Sadly, people are gonna die. That's just this world. That's one thing we know in this world. Save God coming for us early. The bottom line is, we're all gonna die. Just depends on when. You know, things are gonna happen. Bills are going to come. Struggles are going to come. Things are going to happen to the economy. And the bottom line is that's coming. My question this morning is, are you prepared? These, these young men, it was an amazing thing because God knew exactly what was going to happen in their lives when he plucked them out and said, listen, I want you, I'm kind of, you see, Nebuchadnezzar thought he was the man, but the bottom line is God actually was in control of this whole thing. And he picked uh, these four and some others. And I can't get into the whole story, but, but they prepared. And, and, and they even said, listen, we don't want to prepare like everybody else. We want to prepare the way we prepare. And the bottom line is, we just want to prepare. And, the, and, the, and the, the first, the, the guy in charge said, no, I can't do that. And they're like, well, just give us 10 days and we'll show you. And they did. And, and they were better off than the people that got all the stuff that the king said they should have. And the bottom line is, that's the way we need to be. We need to be, understand something. There's, there's a way to prepare for this. You know, there's a way to prepare. One of the things you need to do to prepare for the realities of life is you need to put on something called the armor of God. You need to every day put on the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth. You need to shod your feet with the, with the shoes of peace. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, you know what? Y'all ever play football? And when that dude's running at you, you don't stand there like this, kind of leaning backward. You better get ready. Because when that dude comes, he's coming with a force. And if you really want to win that battle, you better be ready with a force yourself. And that's how we need to be. We need to absolutely put on the, the helmet of salvation every day. We need to take up the shield of faith. And that's just, just a shield to keep stuff out. That's faith. I believe God has a plan. God will guide me. God will help me to shield me from all these darts and arrows and, and stuff that life prepares. Then, baby, you don't, you don't stay, you know, passive aggressive. You take up the sword of the Spirit. Are you hearing me? You know, when, when, when I have problems come, I don't want to stand there and go, oh, I hope he doesn't get me. I want to be standing there with the shield. I want my feet ready. I want to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and I want to chop that sucker up. Amen. You say, whoa. It's almost like you're telling us to attack. Yeah, baby. 
Whenever you see that dude in your presence, in the presence of your spouse, in the presence of your children, you take the sword and you chop that dude up. We got too many sissy Christians. We got too many passive Christians. Man, God wants to guide you. God wants to lead you. God wants to absolutely help you to get rid of the junk in your life, in your kid's life, in your home life, in your finances, in your professional life. And we just kind of, oh, I hope he doesn't get me. Forget that stuff, Jack. It's time, guys. It's time for the men and women of God to be saying, you know what? He ain't coming after me. I'm going after him. The church isn't supposed to sit there and go, oh, I hope the devil doesn't get us. We're supposed to be the ones kicking down the gate and the fence and going after him. Man, if there are people in your world, in your family, that do not know the love and grace of Jesus Christ, it's time for you to kick down some gates. It's time for you to absolutely go out and do something about it. It's not time just to sit there. It's time for you to absolutely take the power of God and do something positive and proactive and eternal with it. Amen? It's too often we're just sitting there so passive and, and we're just getting whooped mentally. We're getting whooped emotionally. We're getting whooped in our marriage. We're getting whooped in our finances. We're getting whooped at work. We're getting whooped. We're getting whooped. We're getting whooped. It's time to... Open up a bottle and do some whooping ourselves. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm serious, guys. It's time. The power is there. The power is there. But you got to decide to do something. Some, some of you think I was being dirty with that open the bottle thing, but I wasn't being dirty. I didn't say nothing dirty. Did I say anything dirty? No, I didn't say nothing dirty. But the bottom line is you can take it and you can open it up and do some whooping. You know what I'm saying? And I'm serious. I'm serious. There's just too many of us that are just getting whooped every day, and we're like, oh, I hope uh, I have a better day. Well, decide to have a better day, and you can have a better day. And I'm serious. Now, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean, man, they, they went through some stuff. You know, there was one day, and I don't have time to talk about it all, but one day, the Nebuchadnezzar built himself a big old shrine and said, listen, every time those instruments start playing, you're supposed to get down on your hands and knees and you're supposed to worship that, that shrine, that idol, worship me. And, and Shadrach, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, that's not going to happen. And folks, that's a lesson for all of us. Listen, I don't worship Washington. I don't worship Harrisburg. I don't worship money. I don't worship anybody but Jesus Christ. I don't care who, what it is. I don't care who it is. You know, somebody said, well, what if the state came in here and said you couldn't mention Jesus? I'd throw their butts out. And that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We're going to pray for these kids. We're going to pray for these families. We're going to love these people. And the bottom line is that's, that's going to happen. I don't care. I don't care. They could keep their funding. I don't give a rip. You know, but the bottom line is, you, you need to understand, you need to decide, uh-uh, I don't worship anybody but Jesus Christ. Do you worship anybody or anything other than Jesus Christ? You see, you need to get that. You need to understand that. Too often, we place things on a pedestal, and we worship that thing or that person, and we're scared to death that person may not like us. The bottom line is, you don't need to be there. And they looked at the emperor and said, listen, we, we love you. You know, but the bottom line is, we're not worshiping anything 
but God. And that ticked him off. I mean, he got angry. And what was the punishment was, if you didn't kneel and worship the shrine and worship him, then the bottom line is you were cast in what they called the fiery furnace. And he was so mad, he said, man, fire up that fiery furnace with more fire than you've ever seen fire. And it killed the people. The people, they tied them all up, threw them in. It killed the people that threw them in. But that didn't matter. You know what they said? Listen, whatever happens to us, that's okay. But the bottom line is, even if God decides that it's our time to go to heaven and sit under the tasty cake tree, we're good with that. We're okay with that. It's all right. But we're never going to worship anyone or anything but Jehovah God. He threw them in that fiery furnace. And they're kind of looking in. And the king said, didn't we throw three dudes in there? Just between me and you? He said, I'm seeing four. And the one looks like, well, Kind of heavenly. You see, when you're living in faith and you're deciding in faith and you're worshiping in faith, you need to understand, you got nothing to worry about. Even if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were killed, it's okay. Boom, they're good. No matter what happens to us, boom, we're good. Amen? But Jesus Christ himself came down and sat with them in the fiery furnace. And they were not even singed. You know, you'd think that their eyebrows and their, 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 all their hair would be not even singed, man. Not even singed. I want you to understand God knew that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to be confronted with that, tempted with that, that that was going to come into their lives. He already had a plan, and the bottom line is they stood up and said, no matter what, we're going to worship Almighty God, and Almighty God blessed them with His presence. Hear me. No matter what comes into your life, if you will stand up and worship him and say, you know what? It doesn't really matter what happens to me. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to show everybody around me how to worship him. He will be with you, whatever the fire may be. Are you with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's okay. He's right there. Unless you decide, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to surround myself with fire extinguishers. And I'm just going to spray the thing down as I go inside. And somehow maybe I can protect myself by taking over this situation and helping God out. God doesn't need your help. He's already got a plan. It's a good plan. It's a great plan. It's for your good. It's for your best. And it's to develop your faith and to develop you as a man or woman of God. Are you with me? Later on. Now, you got to understand, Daniel, 
had already saved all the, the smart people, all the satraps, whatever that is, all the conjurers, all the people. He had already saved them once because they, were, they couldn't interpret a dream of the emperor. And the emperor was smart. He said, listen, I'm not just going to tell you what the dream is so you can just tell me something. I want you to actually tell me what the dream is. And, and when they couldn't, he said, I'm going to kill these people. And, da- and Daniel happened to be one of them. Daniel's kind of standing there and they're coming to kill him. And Daniel's like, whoa, time out. What's this about? Well, you know, um, uh, the leader had a troubling dream, and the bottom line is he wants you to be able to tell him what it is, and, and, and they couldn't do it. So, And Daniel's like, whoa, 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 nobody told me. Can you just give me a few minutes? You know? And they said, okay. He went back. Here's the coolest thing. Here's something I want you to see out of the book of Daniel. Daniel didn't get by himself and start praying. Daniel got with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and they all started praying. Folks, we really need each other. We need to pray with each other. We need to love on each other. We need to be there for each other. We need to quit going alone. This Lone Ranger stuff is killing you, and it's killing the church. You know? You need to have people that you know you can go to, and they're going to pray with you, and they're going to pray for you, and they're going to be there for you. Amen? You know, he knew Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, man, they'd have died for him. And he went back and, dudes, we got to pray because we're about to get killed. And God absolutely gave him uh, a vision of what the, 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 the uh, Nebuchadnezzar was praying about or had a dream about. And the bottom line is he went in there and he told him, well, these same dudes that he had done that for, these same guys trapped him just like with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they talked the leader into saying, well, when, you know, such, such happened, you got to kneel down and you got to pray to me and nobody else and everything. And, and three times a day, Daniel was praying to Jehovah God. And, 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 but they got the, the leaders to say, you know what? If, if you do that, uh, you're going to be cast into the lion's den. And so... They made this law, and they knew Daniel did this. They knew what they were doing. you got to be careful who your friends are. you got to be care- careful that who you surround yourself with, because the bottom line is some of the, some of the nastiest people I ever had in my life were people that were supposedly my friend. Amen? you got to be, <laughs> I'm not telling you to be paranoid, just be a little paranoid. You know, just be careful, because sometimes the people close to you will stiff a, stick a knife in your back. But the bottom line is that's what was happening, and, and they did this. And you have to understand, at this point, it was interesting because, because when they came back and, and they tattled on or snitched on Daniel, the king was kind of upset because he didn't want to do what he had said because he knew he had been tricked. He knew he had been bamboozled by these people. But he had to do it. And so... They tied Daniel up, and, and they cast him into the lion's den. And that night, the king had a terrible night because he didn't like the idea of putting Daniel where he put him. So the next morning, he comes up to the stone uh, that, where Daniel was inside, and he said, Daniel, are you still there? Are you still alive? And Daniel said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good, you know. And, well, you know, because Daniel said, I'm not worshiping you. I'm not worshiping anybody else but Jehovah God. And, 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 he, and, he, and he pulled him out, and he said, well, what happened? He said, well, I don't know. God came down, and he gave every one of them lions lockjaw. That's what it was. 
you know, and they couldn't eat me. So the king took all those people that tattled and snitched on, on Daniel and threw them in lion's den. It says their, their bones were chewed up before they even reached the ground. Raro, don't mess with the people of God. You say, well, well, pastor, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this. Take a chill pill and grab some faith. God already knows what has happened in your life, what is happening in your life, and what will ever happen in your life. You say, well, why didn't he stop it? I've said that. Anybody else ever said that? Well, if he knows, why didn't he stop it? Well, he doesn't stop it because the bottom line is if he stopped it, he wouldn't receive the glory he's looking to get. And that's not a selfish, egomaniacal type of thing. That's, that's just what we were created for. And if he stopped it, you and I would never grow and develop. You see, we don't grow and develop in the good times. We grow and develop through struggles. We grow and develop through difficulties. And let me say this. This is so important. And our testimony and our ministry is developed in the bad times. For many years, I talked to people and they'd say, I got a call yesterday. Um, I've got cancer. And I'd say, well, let me, let me pray with you. And that, it was good. It was, it was fine. Until I got the call. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Oh, you know what the call is like. You know when the doctor says, you got it too. You know? And all of a sudden, I had this awesome ministry with people who had gotten the call. About 28 years ago, two of our children died shortly after birth. That was hard. That was difficult, man. That was, that was an ugly time. I'm not telling you there's not going to be ugly times. I'm just telling you, man, it, it was hard. But you see, now, when something like that happens in somebody else's life, I don't just say, I'm going to pray for you. I can say, I've been there. I know how you're hurting. You say, well, pastor, what are you saying to me? Well, you know, if you've gone through a horrific divorce, you can love people and you can minister to people that I can't because I haven't. Amen? You know, if you have an addiction to certain things, then the bottom line is you can minister to people that I can't because I haven't had that specific addiction. Got my own thing, my own demons, just like everybody else. But you see, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's allowing in your life. God knows exactly what is happening or what might happen in the future in your life 
here's the coolest thing. Just like with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and just like with Daniel, he's got a plan. He's got the power. He's got the wisdom. He absolutely can take that whatever, however horrific that may be, and he can take that and he can use that for your eternal good, for your testimony with the people in your family and in your world. And he absolutely can make you a wonderful minister of God through that horrific situation, whatever it may be. The question is, does he actually have the wisdom and the power and the ability? The question is, will you allow him to take you through the fiery furnace? Will you allow him to actually be there and give whomever is around you lockjaw through the very, very difficult times? Don't you wish sometimes when people are talking, don't you wish God would give them lockjaw? Just... But in all seriousness, how are you going to respond? Not react. Respond to difficulties in your future. In the wisdom and the power of God Almighty? Or will you take it on yourself and try to make it right on your own? Let's all stand. Raise your hand. Pastor, I got some stuff in my life right now that I really don't know how to deal with. Would you please pray for me right now? Just raise your hand. You can put them down. Pastor, I'm scared to death of the future sometimes because I don't know what's coming and I don't know for sure I'm prepared. Pastor, please pray for me. That I will take this sermon today and I will begin to develop a faith and a preparation in my life for whatever might happen in my life in the future. Please raise your hand and I'll pray for you. God sees them. God sees them. God sees them. Father, this morning, we praise you for this sermon. We praise you for what you did in, in, in Daniel's life and in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We praise you for what you've done in our lives to see us through thus far. And Father, I pray today that we would determine by your grace that no matter what or who comes into our lives, that we will allow you to be the power and the wisdom, and we will choose to believe by your grace that you will not only see us through, but you will make us better, and you will develop our faith, and you absolutely will help us to be the ministers that we were created to be in the first place. Father, be with us. 
Father, help us to think about this. Help us to pray about this. Help us to prepare in this. Help us to be people that are ready for whatever the attack or whatever the battle might be. Father, thank you for what you've taught us in your word this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great, great, great week, okay?